As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, welcome into the Wednesday podcast. Your boy, Doug Gottlieb. Andrew Brandt uh, will be our guest a little bit later on. We'll talk about Bobby Bonilla Day and compound interest. You didn't think you'd learn about compound interest in a, on a radio show podcast, did you? Probably not. Daniel Jeremiah will join us as well. We'll talk some, some Cam Newton. First, though, let, let me start with Cam Newton and people assuming he's going to win the job. They're going to win the AFC. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the uh, beautiful... Kind of cloudy city of angels. Hope you're well. Welcome to July. I mean, couldn't be any worse than June, right? Famous last words. We had a little bit of sports in June. We, at the end of July, we're supposedly back. A different kind of back. Jeff Goodman's going to join us in 25 minutes. Good friend of mine. Covers hoop, pro, college for stadium sports. We'll, We'll get his sense, though. His sense, though, of what the college landscape's going to look like. Wait till you hear what I, a tweet from uh, a Hall of Fame basketball coach and how he, I'm not sure he realizes what it means to his particular level of basketball. Daniel Jeremiah will join us. 
We'll talk some uh, NFL football with the analyst from the NFL Network. Dennis Dodd will join us, writer for CBS Sports College Football. And Andrew Brandt will join us. He's former Packers president, but today is Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla Day. Now, Dan Byers alongside. Dan is closer to my age, a little younger than me. Um, we got uh, Iowa Sam on the ones and twos, and of course we have Ryan Music as the producer. That I don't believe either either is old enough. I don't think either is old enough to truly recall Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla is a really good player, and today's Bobby Bonilla Day. We'll talk about what that is. He gets he still he gets paid for like twenty years uh, on deferred compensation. And why everybody freaks out and is like, Bob is the smartest, the greatest. And he actually, in the, in the right choice, wrong choice, technically made the wrong choice. We'll, we'll get to that upcoming. Um, okay, Let, let's start with this. You, you know, we've talked a lot about Cam Newton since he signed with the Patriots. And... What what happened? There's this disparity here, right? There's the popular TV radio opinion. Then there's the Vegas opinion. Now, does Vegas always know? The answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. But Vegas does have a balance about it where they don't get caught up in the name of Cam Newton. They just, based upon their metrics, deal with what they believe the exact center point is for the betting public. And as as much as, you know, we'd like to believe that Cam Newton's going to come in and he's going to be his old former Superman self and start running around and throwing long darts and, and running over and around dudes, I, I think there has to be a little bit of balance there. This is Randy Moss, former wide receiver, of course, with the New England Patriots, talking about what he expects from Cam Newton on the Pats. I think we are getting ready to really see how fun it, that offense can really be. You know, not discrediting anything that Tom accomplished because he accomplished some great things, but I think being able to have a guy like Cam Newton that can run the ball, there is going to be a change in New England, but I think we're going to see them having a lot more fun out there, and Cam Newton is going to give them that opportunity for the fans, not just the New England Patriots fans, but the football fans just around the world to really see, you know, how fun this offense can really be. Okay, there's a couple of things there. We we associate running the football with fun. I'm not sure how much people have actually watched when Cam Newton was with the the Panthers, and they were good. Right? Like, the, the truth is, they were not, like, classically fun. They were running the football they were you know and he's and, and and what somebody will take they'll parse this and say you're a cam hater no i'm not he cam was never as electric as lamar jackson is now he's bigger and he's stronger and he was for his size remarkably elusive he's just a great great athlete who can also throw the football not crazy accurately but he can really throw the football okay so but but when they were 15 and one and went to a super bowl if you go back and watch, the drives were boring. They're just, it's not like we are so, oh, it's going to be fun. Now, if what Randy Moss really meant was like, look, we've been, the Patriots have been limited for a lot of times because Tom can really only do one thing. He does it great, which is get to his spot, pick a part of defense, find a guy underneath. And, you know, it's, 
it, it, it's like, um, you know, how like drips can cre- create a canyon, right? That's their offense. They, they'd hit you underneath, 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 and just nibble you to death. That's actually really the way that Cam Newton plays with running the football. You know, two-yard run, three-yard run, five-yard, you know, eight-yard completion, two-yard run, six-yard completion. You know, I mean, like, it, it, running the football is not crazy fun. But the other part, and this is the big thing, Cam Newton's not that guy anymore. What what part of Cam Newton's going to go in and he's going to run? It's going to be fun. It's like, dude, I, I guess you didn't realize that the Carolina Panthers knew he wasn't that guy anymore. So they brought in Norv Turner, who teach, was trying to teach him how to be a drop back thrower. <laughs> it's like we've completely forgotten. And oh, yeah, by the way, since being in the Super Bowl, Okay, they were six and eighty through nineteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. They were eleven and five. He threw uh, twenty-two touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. They were six and eight, and he got hurt again when that was when the shoulder went bad. Twenty-four and thirteen. Like, where is the? He has one year where he was spectacular. He has a couple years where he was good, and most of the years he was good. He was running the football. He was running the football. And the, the biggest difference is they slowed down running the football last year. They just did because he was taking a savage beating. He had 14 touchdowns as a rookie running the football. 10 when they went to the Super Bowl. He had four his last full year as a starter in 2018. The rushing attempts were down. The rushing yards were down. The rushing average was down. Yards a game was down. He's not the same guy. He's 31 years old after taking a beating. He's been through nine surgeries. (laughs) Like, and Cam, like the big thing for Cam Newton is the two most important parts of Cam Newton are his shoulder because he's got a huge arm. He's had two shoulder surgeries and his foot. He had a foot problem and an ankle problem. Like, which is why I love this quote that I saw earlier today. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. The quote is from Diana Rossini, who's a reporter for ESPN. I spoke uh, via text with AFC East head coach on Cam Newton and the Patriots. I think they're going to get keep all three quarterbacks. Use Cam perhaps as a wild card. I, I don't see the, him starting week one in the offense. I know one thing for a fact: the Patriots love Jared Stidham. I believe that to be true as well. Keep in mind they didn't bring in Cam Newton. When Cam Newton wanted starter money, they brought in Cam Newton when it's a non-guaranteed $1 million deal. Andrew Brand is going to join us later. Free agency in general, people jump at the name, not the players. Former MVP doesn't mean much unless the former was six months ago. I'm not convinced, A, he starts, B, he even makes the team. Correct. They're just paying money to take a look. We're all so convinced that Cam Newton of 2015 is Cam Newton in 2020. But where else is that? Go back to 2015 and look at how the league has changed. Look at how he has changed. And look at the lack of the buy-in from the rest of the league. The Patriots aren't smarter than everybody else in this particular aspect. They just, they don't have the risk in signing him that other people run the risk of. You don't have a starting quarterback who's going to get ticked off. You don't have a young first-round draft pick who you've sunk a bunch of money and time into. 
You got a career backup in Hoyer. You got a young potential starter in Stidham. And you have a guy trying to recapture his career. And you take a look at all of them. And my guess is that Stidham, because he knows the offense and is he's going to get the first opportunity. And Cam Newton will be sitting there. will be ready. And you'll know if he has it anymore based upon how he's practiced if they do have a short leash with Stidham. They didn't move mountains to keep Tom Brady, not because they knew they were going to get Cam Newton, but because they knew this was a gap year. And between not fitting in perfectly with the offense, between not having the time at OTAs and maybe training camp or, or additional preseason games, and no one knowing how healthy he is and if he can stay healthy, I, I, I agree with Andrew Brand. I don't know if he makes the team. And I don't think he starts. Not right away. Coming up next, I have some insight in the Lakers and how they're handling the NBA bubble. What they say on social media and what they mean in person, two different things. I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts a 
I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. you hear from Dan Beyer in a moment, then my man Jeff Goodman will join us. So you're, you're seeing... Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and you have several of their players opting out, some because of coronavirus, some because you're Kevin Durant and you don't have confidence in your, your rehabbing at this point. Um, I think the whole thing is super fascinating because when you, when you get down to it, when you get down to it, um, every team's in a different spot, you know? And I, I believe that if Durant and Kyrie would have played – they'd have a chance to compete for the championship. And you might say like, well, you can't go from not playing this year, Kevin Durant. To like, look, they would have a training camp that have eight games. You get a chance to see where you were. And there's, there's no, they would have had the two best, they had the best tandem, if fully healthy, of anybody in the Eastern Conference. And a pretty good team around him. But with the likelihood of Spencer Dinwiddie who's come back from surgery, not going. You don't have Kyrie Irving's not going. Durant's not going. Okay, so you take them off. Then you go to Lakers-Clippers. A month from today, the Lakers and Clippers will start off the new NBA season or the restarted NBA season in Orlando. Milwaukee's back as well. And as I'm sure you saw today, J.R. Smith signed officially with the L.A. Lakers. Now, they still could have signed him and had Avery Bradley, but they will not because Avery Bradley won't be going. And I'm going to tell you right now, as much as we all, you could all say like, yeah, I understand Avery Bradley has some misgivings about, you know, uh, you know, is this the right decision with the need for social justice? The argument has been made the other side, specifically by Kyrie Irving. He's part of that coalition. It's, it's worthy at least of a listen. And most everyone has said, yeah, come on, man. Your better platform is you win a game, you play for a championship, you play with LeBron. That's a bigger platform than if you decide to dedicate your time to uh, philanthropy and for helping become a social justice warrior. Then, of course, he threw in that his, his oldest son, six years old, has some breathing issues. He fears you wouldn't be able to see him. That's for three months. That's a hard one. Your family is able to go down and see you after a, a, uh, after a certain amount of time, after a month, I believe. But there's four days of quarantine, which makes it really hard when you have little kids. These are for anybody. But what the, the real truth that's uncovered is what NBA players say behind the scenes is not what they say in, 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 on social media. They may all support Avery Bradley, but the Lakers, LeBron James especially, has to be ticked. Here you got a starting point guard, a guy who his, his best month of the season correlated with the Lakers' best month of the season. They're much better when he's playing well. And now he's not playing. It sets them back. And I 
I would guess, this is the more than educated guess, LeBron, probably not that happy about it. This idea, we were boys until you decided to, to take a mental health break during the NBA playoffs, which are played in quarantine. We're, we're all doing it. This is your job. And, and look, you can tell me that quarantine and, uh, and George Floyd changed the way you see things. That's fair. Fair. But you signed a contract to do a job. To do a job. The job is to play basketball and to try and win a championship, NBA championship. That's the job. And if you're not doing that, you know, if you're not doing your job, then, I mean, you know, in the real world, you'd be fired for it. But in this world, like, you, you, you got to help us out here. Help, help me understand how you think LeBron James won't be ticked. Would you be ticked? Hey, do you want to come and play with me in L.A. and to win a championship? Yes. Are you sure? It's not always easy. Sometimes you're going to get more blame than you should. Right? It's not always fair. Not always fun. It's going to be really, really hard. You don't want to get to handle the ball as much as you'd like. There's things that you're going to give up. The win is you get a chance to play for a championship alongside me. I'm in. Now I'm out. I just, I think that those, that is getting exposed here as we get ready to watch basketball be played in less than a month in Orlando. That no matter what they say publicly about supporting their guy behind the scenes, they're like, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. And it hurts your team and your teammates. And that's not what this is about. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. He works for Stadium Sports. He's covered basketball forever. He's the one and only Jeff Goodman. He joins me on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Jeff, let, let's start with the NBA bubble since you cover the NBA as well as, as college basketball. Um, I know you, like me, roll your eyes at things that Kyrie Irving has said, some of the things that he's done. How much of Brooklyn ascent? Uh, I'm just wondering in regards to Brooklyn, uh, Jeff Goodman joining us at Stadium Sports. Um, I, I do wonder how much of Brooklyn having most of their top players opt out. Like DeAndre Jordan has the virus, but 14 days of quarantine, he could be cleared. And yet he's already said, I don't want to go. How much of what the, the rest of the Nets are acting because of how Ky- what Kyrie said on that phone call? I mean, listen, I think it's part of it, right? But it, but it gives other guys opportunities too, Doug. Gives our other guys opportunities to um, have expanded roles. So I, I just think it's kind of a, a personal thing. DeAndre Jordan's made a, uh, a ton of money over the course of his career. So there's other guys that I've talked to in the NBA, guys on minimum salaries, guys that are making a few million that are saying themselves, yeah, this is my opportunity here to go in and maybe get uh, a little bit more playing time, more of a role with people watching, and I can turn this into something where, you know what, my next contract um, you know, is taken care of because of what I'm able to do now um, with other guys bailing. Jeff Goodman, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I couldn't think LeBron is happy that Avery Bradley's not going. No, how could he be? I mean, Avery Bradley is like, the heart and soul type guy. He's everything you want in a role guy. You know, he was here in Boston. I've known him since he was 
really, and he was the number one player coming out of high school at one point and, uh, at Texas. Avery Bradley is no nonsense, just wants to win, period. So I, I think this is way more uh, of an impact than people are making it out to be right now. You go from Avery Bradley, who, who's the ultimate defense win, you know, high character, uh, going to do the right thing in the court to J.R. Smith. And I'm not saying they're going to play the same role, but, but whoever you put out in the court is not going to be Avery Bradley. So, yes, it's going to affect them. And, and, and I think now you're talking about even putting more on, of a load on LeBron and Anthony Davis. And Kyle Kuzma better be consistent. He, he better be ready. Uh, and, and honestly, that's something where that has not been Kyle Kuzma's strength. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing, though, that could help the Lakers. He was not having a good year, and he's had all this time off. Now, I don't know how much time he spent working on his game. He was seen as a workaholic okay. going back to previous yeah. years. But I, I think that, you know, it could go either way. Because, but they were playing well. One of the reasons they were playing so well before the break was because of Avery Bradley, not because oh, of Kuzma. No They're going to badly need yeah. Kuzma. Yeah, and Bradley was making shots. Like, he was healthy this year. That's the other part. People go back to, you know, all the shoulder injuries he's had over the course of the last few years. And he told me this going into the season. This is the healthiest that he had felt in, in years. And uh, you could see it. I mean, he was making shots. He was playing 30 minutes a game. He was a huge part and going to be a huge part. And, again, I listen, I've known AB for a while. Like, I give him credit for putting family first. I know some people are criticizing this decision. But, man, like, I don't know. I just – I give him credit for that, Doug. I do. Maybe it's because I'm 48 years old now, and I can understand it a lot more. Jeff Goodman, our guest in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not sure if that was a humble brag about how old he is or just a just a statement of fact of how old he is. He joins us. Okay, so Rick Pitino, who's now the head coach at Iona, which is a mid-major, uh, comes out and says, hey, I think we should play basketball in January. Uh, just eliminate the non-conference games and go to conference play right away. My pushback would be, if you cut out the guarantee games, yep. how do yep. any of these non, uh, the, these basketball-only schools, the ones that don't have football, how do they expect to survive? Because that's how they, with the guarantee games, that's how they generate money for the rest of their athletic department. All right, so I'll play devil's advocate. I've talked to a bunch of coaches over the scheduling thing uh, over the last few days. And a lot of the contracts right now, Doug, are written where the low and mids if there's not fans in the stands, it goes from where they used to be getting 90, right? 90 grand it was a, a pretty regular figure of what uh, lower mid-major schools would get uh, to be bought. Now that number has gone down over the last couple months to 60 grand. However, there's language in a lot of these contracts now where it's 60 grand if you have 100% of the fans. If you have 50% of the fans, you might only get forty grand, and if you only if you don't have any fans, you might only get ten or twenty grand. So it's not the money is not going to be what it was, obviously. So I think, to me, I would just it should be a one semester sport anyway. I've said this forever. You have an opportunity now to do that. Make it a one semester sport. If you want to try to play a few non conference games, that's fine. But get ahead of it now. Buy yourself another couple months. I don't agree with Patino about much. I, I really never, I rarely do, but I agree with him here. I do. No, listen, I agree on the one semester sport. I just, I don't know if people understand how dire straits most 
college athletic programs are going to be in. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. look at you, yeah. like UCLA. So they just hired a new athletic director uh, from out of the area, $2 million a year, which is more, way more than they, they've ever spent. A, they're spending more on their college football coaches, like $10 million on the entire staff, like close to five on chip than they've ever spent before. Uh, same thing in basketball. They're spending a ton on, on basketball. And I look at this thing, and now all of a sudden, Under Armour's pulling out. And though they will get another shoe deal, it won't be nearly as lucrative as that. Now, Learfield, Learfield IMG's trying to pull out or at least restructure their deal because there are no games, and they're losing money as well. You got no season ticket base because no one's buying season tickets right now for a season that they don't even know if it'll happen. They got no NCAA tournament money last year. And that's UCLA. That's one of the superpowers in sports. I can't imagine once you kind of go down the line what their, what their budgets look like. Well, how dumb are they for paying an AD $2 million, number one, when you don't have to? Like, like that, that's the dumbest part of, of, of all college sports right now, is they overpay for no reason, for whether it's a coach, whether it's extending. Some of these ADs, and I've done a project with Brett McMurphy over the last month or so, and it's it's grading the ads based on their hirings in in football, the two revenue sports, football and men's basketball. But I, what I want to do is go through the ten or twenty dumbest decisions by athletic directors. Got like like the the outgoing ad at DePaul to extend Dave Lato right now. She extended him two months ago. Like how dumb are these decisions? They should be accountable. The ads you know, for, for, for their dumb decisions at times. Um, yeah. Although I will listen, do I think the, the Dave Lato thing is the, yes, but in order to, is there, was there a buyout at the end of the deal? What would it cost to bring in a new staff? You know, and, and right now, you know, firing people during quarantine is hard to do in order to get, I'm not new, saying like, fire them, Doug, I'm not saying fire them. Just don't extend them. Yeah. But you don't know these extensions. You don't know if there's actually any money in those. Right, what the buyout is. Agreed, agreed. I don't know. I don't know for sure on that. I just, I feel like, again, you have to pay Martin Jarman $2 million. Like, like, really. I mean, look at it objectively. The I, guy, actually think you, I actually think you do. He had made a hire. He made one hire at Boston College. I, listen, I, I didn't say, listen, I, I didn't say I would have hired, okay, I didn't, but if you decide you're going to hire somebody at UCLA, what was he making at Boston College? Not, not $2 million, probably half of it. No, not even half of it. Probably not even half of that. Okay. Okay. So, look, look, it's all about negotiating. And if you, and, and I, look, I would, I would pay them $2 million. No, but it's substantially more money to live in Los Angeles. You want a guy who's athletic director to be able to entertain and have people over to his house. You're going to have to pay a little bit. You're going to have to pay more money. You want to buy, buy a guy out, move across. House. What? He can use your house. You got a big house. He can, he, he can, he, he could use my, he could use my house. It's an hour away from, <laughs> Where he where where he works, and the closer you get to where he works, the more expensive that that it is. I I, I agree with you that people overspend for no apparent reason. Um, but I I okay. So best guess, where are we? Where where do you think we truly are with college athletics? Oh, I think we're in trouble. I, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good. I mean, I talked to a head coach today for a, you know a, a Big Ten school and, and hoops, and you know he seemed to feel pretty good about it, but. I just feel like it's going to be so hard. Like in the NBA, at least you've got the bubble and you trust Adam Silver, right? There's no bubble in college uh, athletics. These kids, when they're not with you, uh, you don't know where they are and who they're with. And, oh, by the way, you, you've got Mark Emmert supposedly running things. 
And we know how that works, right? So I, I just don't really have any confidence. I think it, it might be like last team standing does. I really do for college football. And, like, you're going to have teams, a MAC team, right, have four or five players uh, test positive and say, you know what, we're done. Like, we're not, we're not going to keep playing. I mean, the Ivy League is going to make a decision on July 8th whether they're even going to have college football. And, and I think a MAC team pulls out, well, who do they play next? Well, then they can't play, so you're going to have some teams playing six games, some teams playing eight, and, and honestly, it might be last team standing just given the national title. Jeff Goodman joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, what about uh, you've covered the NBA draft forever. Like the NBA draft's in October. Players have until August to pull out, but some start school at least in August. This has got to be super, super strange. How many guys are still on the fence that can actually come back and play in college? Uh, there's still like 60 guys. I mean, listen, if I'm Luca Garza, okay, if I'm Luca Garza, even if I think I'm probably coming back to Iowa, which he probably does, he's told me that, I would wait until the, the very last day. Why wouldn't you? It's a smart business decision for all these kids at this point. Jared Butler uh, from Baylor who, again, probably should go back to school. Um, Isaiah Livers at Michigan. Whoever it is, there, there's a bunch of them. Wait till the very last day to pull out, which is in August, because you have as much information as possible. Because if you're Luca Garza and you get a feel that there's not going to be a college basketball season, well, you want to go overseas. You want to put your name in for the draft. Whatever it is, you want to have those options. So why withdraw now and take away – a potential option when you don't have to. It's just who, smart business. Who do you think is the number one pick in the draft? Wiseman. Wiseman. I mean, I, listen, are you taking Anthony Edwards, who shot under 40% from the field and under 30 from three and has red flags off the court? No. Are you taking LaMelo Ball, who I actually who shot, think uh, 27, super- shot, shot 27% from three, 30-something percent from the field? No. But I actually I, I think he has a ton of talent. He's big. He does. He does. Um, you know, probably I just to, don't probably, trust him. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't know what the Warriors what, the Warriors get it. What do they do with the pick, right? Because they want to win and win now. I don't know if a Wiseman, although a Wiseman would fit in terms of what they have, but he wouldn't really be willing be able to help them for a couple of years. Twelve minutes. He can he can give you ten, twelve minutes this year. Maybe he can give you fifteen, eighteen in year two. But what he can do, Doug, is he can run that. I mean, he's like David Robinson running the court. He's not mm-hmm. David Robinson. But running the court, he's like the admiral, and he can alter shots, he can block shots. Every guy you can make a case needs the Warriors more than the Warriors need them, whether it's Wiseman. LaMelo needs Steph Curry more than anybody else on the planet, and, and Anthony Edwards needs the Warriors' core because they all need Steve Kerr and Steph and Clay and just that. Rather than I, I, look, the, the LaMelo thing, the problem with LaMelo is I don't know if he, could, if he can shoot. And if he'll guard anybody, he didn't do either particularly well in Australia, even if he was even surprised, even if he surprised people. But because he's so tall and so long and because his brother developed as developed in this defensive player, there is the thought that maybe maybe he's the guy. I just don't know what they do with LeVar if, in fact, they they take him. Oh, who cares about LeVar? Like, honestly, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm anti-LeVar, but who cares about LeVar? He's irrelevant in this whole situation now. From here on out, he's been very relevant in LaMelo's lack of progress and lack of fundamentals 
to this point because he's put him with awful coaching pretty much every step of the way. But I, I think ultimately I wouldn't worry about that. And, and defensively, yeah, I mean, he's going to be like Jimmer Fredette. You know, he is. He's going he's gonna to have to outscore you. But what he has is elite court vision, elite passing skills, like his brother, but completely opposite of his brother because everything is flash and sizzle instead of fundamentally sound like Lonzo. Awesome stuff, Jeff. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to catch up again in person. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Be good, Doug. You too. That's Jeff Goodman. Got a great podcast. You can follow him on Twitter as well at Stadium Sports. Cam Newton is already getting to know his new teammates. Real news or fake news? Find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every day this time, we like to get you updated on stories of the day. We do so by playing a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what's the game today? Doug, the game today is... Real news, fake news. All right, real news or fake news that Shazam star Zachary... Is it Levi or Levy? I'm not, you know, not a, not a big movie guy, but uh, we'll say Levi will play Kurt Warner in a movie about the quarterback titled Clean Up in Aisle 3, the Kurt Warner story. Is that real news or fake news? Real news. You are fake news. It is mm. fake news. It's going to be called American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. But, uh, yeah, the actor will be starring uh, as Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner will have a uh, movie made about his life. Did you like that fake title I came up with, though, because the the grocery store, you know, where he was a shelf stalker back in the day? I do. Clean up on aisle three. I, I love it. I do. I, I, like that a, I like that a great deal. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of Iowa puns, especially with Iowa salmon for John Ramos. You know, maybe some Barnstormer, Cedar Falls stuff. But maybe that will be a movie I will watch, Doug, Kurt Warner story. But you know, you know Kurt Warner pretty I well. I do. Right? Good friend yeah. of mine. He's a great yeah. dude. Yeah. Great dude. Real news or fake news? Who would play Doug Gottlieb, by the way, if you appeared in the Kurt Warner movie? Uh, um, I mean, Fred Savage was was would have been the guy back in the day. <laughs> okay. Right? Sure. But I don't think so now. Now, Zach Efron? I think Zach Efron. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Real news or fake news? New Patriots quarterback Cam Newton disregarded the pleas of Union head Demora Smith by throwing to new teammate Mohamed Sanu yesterday. That's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, seeing our video, having some workouts. So the newest Patriot trying to, uh, yeah, get a rapport with uh, one of his targets. I totally forgot that Mohamed Sanu, by the way, was acquired uh, midseason by the Patriots. You did? Last year. Just yeah, it just kind of blanked on me. One of those things. Oh yeah. yeah. We were talking well, about, but remember, you know, there was there was talk. Do they want Emmanuel Sanders or Muhammad Sanu? And they're like, oh, Muhammad Sanu for a second rounder, as opposed to Emmanuel Sanders went for a third round. Now, granted, Emmanuel Sanders, um, it would have been an AFC and AFC trade, right? The Broncos. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have made that trade to the Patriots. The reality of it. Um, but you know, Sanu got hurt, played hurt, wasn't really effective. We'll see how much being healthy, although a little bit longer in the tooth, how good he actually. Yeah, was. I really. I mean, I thought. It, first, I thought it was a great tra- trade. Yeah, trade, yeah. So did I. I. I think that Matt Ryan 
relied on Mohamed Sanu on third down more than anybody in Atlanta. And so, but I just kind of forgot because we always talk about the lack of weapons in New England and you're like, oh, well, you know, they did have Mohamed Sanu. All right. Real news or fake news that the Green Bay Packers signed quarterback Jordan Love to a fully guaranteed contract. That's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network saying it's the first time ever that the 26th overall pick got a fully guaranteed deal. Four years, $12.3 million for love. He'll get a $6.5 million signing bonus. They also signed their second-round pick running back, A.J. Dillon, as well. Yeah, I mean, like, look, uh, you know, it's a long-term play for them, and I think they want to give him guaranteed money so that he there's no complaining that he's not going to come anywhere close to seeing the field the first couple of years. Unless uh, something happens to Aaron Rodgers. Real news or fake news, Doug. The Philadelphia 76ers will limit guard Ben Simmons in early games in Orlando as he returns from a back injury. That's real news. You are fake news. Head coach Brett Brown says Simmons 100% healthy. Yeah, they could see him play 34 to 36 minutes uh, right out of the gate for the Sixers. He could. Don't think he does. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I, I... I'm sorry, like for all the teams, Doug, that we talk about that may have a chance to make a run and could do some damage in this scenario. I hear Philadelphia a lot, and I still just don't see it. Nothing has changed from uh, anything that has happened to make me think that the Sixers would have a legitimate shot at making a run to the finals or then even winning it all. Well, look, they have a really good team. It's just those two pieces haven't fit together great, and and I'm, I'm with you on that. Real news or fake news, Doug? Marlin CEO Derek Jeter called the negotiations between the league and the players' union, quote, embarrassing, end quote. Sounds like real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, in a Zoom call sort of setting yesterday, Jeter uh, took uh, some questions and added that there's no trust between the two sides, saying it was pretty sad to see things played out in public. Jeter has been on, I guess, both sides of things now. Having that, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I've been told that the players' union, players' union, is a lot of these things. They are just fighting because they want to win the the CBA negotiation, and they've sacrificed a lot for this year to set that up. And I, I don't necessarily think they gained any ground or any momentum with the way this was handled. So, yes, I, I do think it was embarrassing that like. Look, I, I get you want to fight for the CBA, but I didn't think this was a time in which you needed this extended fight. Finally, Doug, real news or fake news is part of a promotion to get fans to buy cutouts of themselves to put in the stands. The Oakland A's say if a foul ball hits your cutout, you will receive that foul ball from the team. Is that real news or fake news? Um, fake news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. <laughs> yes. While, while as awesome as it may be, Doug, to like think like, wow, kind of like a lottery sort of thing, a random thing, you're still paying for a seat at a game that you're not going to. So foul ball or no foul ball, I am not interested. I would not be interested in buying a, a cutout of myself. No, no way. Either. Yeah. No. But you would at least get that ball in the mail. Mm-hmm. And that's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I got a, I got a question for you guys, and this is a really important one. Bye, are you ready? This really, this is maybe the most important question I've ever asked. You. Okay. I love tacos. I've had tacos for the last three meals. Um, I just want to point that out. That's that's that is kind of a humble brag, or just a brag. Uh, corner flour tortillas. Hmm. 
Um, I don't really eat tacos, so I'm going to defer to Ryan you Music on this one. don't eat tacos? No, I really don't. I, so like on Taco Tuesday, you're just like, yeah, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I've been to Taco Bell uh, once and had like, I think they had like a tater tot sort of thing or like, you know, like cash browns, I thought once. But yeah, I am not. Even next door, Doug, you know, where we always like to frequent and they say corn yeah. or flour tortilla. Yeah. I always get chips. I don't. I'm not a big. I don't get tortillas there. But sure. Well, what about you? Music, flour, or corn? Uh, definitely flour. Yeah. And I also um, have a question: Is no. it been the last three meals, or like the last three, three dinners? No meals. Okay. <laughs> so Breakfast. I had lunch. So so yesterday I had lunch. It was tacos. I made tacos for lunch, and then I made tacos so that my brother and my nephew could have tacos for dinner, and then. I got excited and I had tacos for dinner and then I didn't have breakfast this morning. And so for lunch I had, wait for it, tacos, <laughs> last three meals, tacos. And I'm, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. I have no, I have no complaints about that. I've definitely hit a run. Um, sometimes I usually, before and after. Yeah. I usually, <laughs> <laughs> I usually go towards like burritos Mm-hmm. So very similar idea where you just like tortilla and then you just end up throwing whatever you have left over in there and works out great. Sam, what about you? Are you uh, I, uh, I was Sam. Are you a flour or corn? Mm. Yes, I actually voted in your Twitter poll and I voted flour, which I presume won. Yeah, I, it did win. I will point out that, uh, you know, my Latino friends are like, dude, you know, white people, flour. Latinos, we do corn. I did corn last night. I do corn, but I put a little little grease on the pan so it it stiffens them up and fills them up. It just makes them taste perfectly. Like I try and go authentico with the way I I make it. Okay, so music, green or red salsa? Green. Me too, salsa verde. You you tell people who have not like experienced California uh, green salsa, and a lot of them look at you sideways. You're like, I'm telling you, it's it's actually better. Uh, the NBA season is less than a month away. Will it actually be the most difficult title to win in NBA history? One player thinks so. Share it with you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 2020's at its midpoint, right? We're at halftime. Man, we need one of those great halftime speech, right? We need somebody to walk in and just give us one of those Jim Valvano speeches. You know, one of those bust down the door type speeches. All right, here's my speech. Basketball, less than a month away. Baseball, even closer than that. Football, still feels, feels like it's a go. College football, we may get herd immunity, so it may not affect anybody on the field. I know that's the best I got. And... Second six months couldn't be worse than the first six months. <laughs> right? uh, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. So there's been a lot of discussion about this upcoming uh, conclusion to the NBA season, because that's what it's going to be. 
You know, I, I don't know how historically we'll look at it, but the conclusion of the NBA season has eight games remaining for the 22 teams. Remember the eight teams, eight other teams like, hey, can we have a JV pod? They're like, no, we, nobody wants to see you play. You don't really want to play anyway. So for those 22 teams, there's eight remaining games. Then there's the playoffs for the 16 top teams. Potential play-in games. There's a bunch of other stuff that could go in. But there's been some discussions about whether or not if you win this, it's a true championship or whether it should have an asterisk asterisk by it. Right? That's actually been a discussion. Like, is this a true champion or should there, will there be an asterisk by it? And the, the very simple answer is, I don't know. I mean, yes, it's a different championship, but usually asterisk means, well, what does it actually mean? What does it mean? Do you, let me just ask, Ryan Music, you're a smart, educated guy. I do not want you to look, okay? What does an asterisk actually mean? I believe it is just a type of notation to give an indication that it is different, and then you can list out that particular reason at the bottom of the page or wherever, you know, you want to say. Uh, okay, uh, it's used to, to mark... Um, you know, some and indicate an omission, a doubtful manner, but that's usually for writing or or something in print. It's used to mark an utterance that would be considered ungrat- uh, ungrammatical or otherwise unacceptable by native speakers. You know, see, you, you ask, you go to dictionary.com and it's used in linguistics. It's used but more importantly, in historical linguistics, it's used to mark a hypothetical or reconstructed form that is not attested in text and inscription. A factor, an element that makes an otherwise outstanding achievement somewhat doubtful or less impressive. So it, it actually, you know, I, I thought it was important when I thought about the asterisk that I actually looked it up because, and and we've done this discussion a little bit before. If you just joined us, the Doug Gottlieb show, I, 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 we, I get lots of messages on IG and on our Facebook page. And I really appreciate that. We try and I try and think, look at things thoughtfully. You know, one of the things that we make a mistake of as sports fans is we misuse the term mediocre. Wow. Oh, that is a mediocre team. Okay. Mediocre means average. When, when we say mediocre, generally we mean bad, but that's not actually what the word mediocre means. So when I, I, I thought about this segment and the idea of an asterisk by it. I was wondering, does an asterisk mean that it could be anything different than the norm? Or is it usually in the connotation of being um, less impressive, which is what it is. That's what the, the dictionary definition of it is. So the question becomes, is this an asterisk season? Is it less impressive? Austin rivers texted uh, Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks is a, NBA reporter. I think whoever wins should have an asterisk next to it, but only for being one of the toughest championships ever won. You're, you're asking guys to take three or four months off, then come back, find chemistry, etc., then play during a pandemic while players are fighting for the BLM. There's a lot going on, crazy times, a lot to worry about. And during these times, players are leaving their families to go live in a lockdown bubble. So, for all of these reasons and more, I think will be one of the tougher championships ever won. Only season ever like this ever. 
The only part I have a problem with, I guess there's two. One is that he used the asterisk in a positive connotation, and it, there is no definition that makes an asterisk a positive connotation. I understand what he means. I thought you could use asterisk that way too, but you, you can't. Giannis said this, I feel like a lot of people are saying they're going to be a star next to this championship. I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to be the toughest championship you could ever win because the circumstances are really, really tough right now. So whoever wants it more is going to be able to go out there and take it. Uh, a couple things. One, it does feel like when you hear the same thing from two different players that this is now the NBA's narrative. Hey, don't say this is easier. Say it's tougher. Let's all say it's tougher. And then two, he goes classic cliche, whoever wants it more. I, I don't believe that certain teams want it more. I don't think you want it more when you make more shots and you have more skill. Maybe. I, I, I'd have to see it. But I, I do think that both teams, all teams generally want, it, want to win a championship with the exception of the ones whose players don't show up. That's what he means. If he means the guys that didn't show up, they didn't want it, I would agree with you. But I, I actually think there's a, a solid argument to be made that it is going to be a very difficult process. I don't know if it's going to be tougher. I just think different. I do think keeping your internal momentum going. You, now, you, the good thing is you don't have road games. The bad news is you don't have home games. It's just different. And while there isn't, you know, you have a day off maybe in between playoff games, it feels like those playoff games are played closer together. You're not having travel. Like part of the reason that they take an extra day off is because there's travel. And while you might say like, man, this is really hard. You're playing this many games in this shorter period of time. You, you'll have the ability to practice, but not as readily, not the same level of facilities. And when you're done with the, like, look, when you're done with a game, when LeBron's done with a game in LA, he's done with a playoff game. He hasn't played a playoff game in LA, but you're done with a playoff game in LA. You get done, you're in the locker room, then you got to go and meet with the media. And then you got to come back and you probably got to get some treatment, you know, and get dressed and then walk to your car and there's usually fans outside and you go and then you, if you go home or you go to a restaurant or wherever, you get done in Orlando, I'm sure they'll have some media and it'll all be digital and virtual, but the, the level of pressure, nobody will be in your locker room. It'll be a much more relaxed atmosphere you know, you're probably walking distance or a cart ride to your hotel room. You know, they just have a shuttle where you hop on the shuttle and it takes you there and boom, you're there and you're in your own bed and you're a bit, you're not having to get on an airplane. You're not having to go to a new hotel room. You're in the same place. So there are elements of it which make it dip more difficult and more taxing and being away from home and very different, but there are parts of it that will be easier. It's just different. Do I think an asterisk is appropriate? I do not. An asterisk is what you put by the Astros uh, World Series win a couple years ago. An asterisk is not, based upon definition, what you put next to a team that wins an NBA championship, which might actually be more impressive. I don't think it's less impressive. I just think it's very, very different. Very different. And that's essentially what Austin Rivers is saying. He just misuses what asterisk actually means. One very popular NBA team is telling you they're a championship contender. I'm not buying it. Tell you who that is next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. 
Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, we're getting ready for the NBA season, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's going to be different about this season than the season that was being played before coronavirus caused quarantine and to shut down professional and college sports? Mike D'Antoni said the Rockets have as good a chance to win as anyone win the NBA championships. And that I think would be true if it was an NCAA tournament format, right? Small sample size would give us, um, would give us a little taste, a little taste of, of college basketball and a chance for, Hey, they get hot. They make 33s in a game. They can take down anybody. They can take down anybody. Uh, but, but, and, and I have been a believer been a believer that um, they could upset somebody, the right matchup for them, the right matchup, and they could be a problem for another team. The, the issue, though, with the Rockets is, well, one, that the use of analytics, that is large sample size data. And it doesn't feel like it really works as much in the small sample size of an NBA playoff series or a Western conference final series. You know, the, the, the 28 consecutive missed threes a couple years ago in game, was it seven of the Western conference finals that that's in, in analytics that that's seen as an outlier. Right? There is no statistical data that tells you that is likely to happen. But as we've seen, you know, shooting woes becomes like the flu. Or coronavirus, it passes from teammate to teammate to teammate. Guys get progressively tighter. Additionally, and I think this is really important. Um, look, James Harden looks like he's in great shape in terms of his weight. I don't know about cardiovascular. I do think guys, a lot of guys will have lost weight. Some of it is losing some strength. Some of it they can add back. Some of it they won't. Some guys' bodies will change forever for the good. Some guys for the bad because they didn't do enough work. But then this is really important. Three months in a bubble or two months in a bubble, whenever they get to their biggest playoff series, I think fatigue is a huge factor more so than pressure. And the number one thing, the, the two things that fatigue has the greatest issue with or hurts you the most are your shooting and with your defense. And they need to have great shooting to play this small ball thing and win an NBA series and their defense has always been called into question. And I think it'll hurt it substantially. Like, look, do I think they could cause, they could be a, a disruptor? Yes. Yes. I think they could be a disruptor. I think they're a team that could win a couple of games against the Lakers, maybe more so than the Clippers. Lakers is a tough matchup for them. You know, I mean, look, the trailblazers are going to have to go big, play Carmelo at the three with Trevor Rees out, they're going to be terrible. They'll be big, but terrible defensively. And that's kind of sometimes what the Lakers can run into, although they're a very good defensive team when they go small, but that's usually with Avery Bradley. But I don't see them as a championship team. That's a large sample size style and a small sample size of playoffs. And you factor in the quarantine bubble. So you're playing games quicker, closer together. Your legs are gone more because of your time off. I don't see it. I mean, that's kind of the problem with analytics. Really, when you get down to it, it it limits 
your ability to truly have a feel for what's coming or what's likely because it's, it's designed for a larger sample size. It just is collects a bunch of data and gives you what you should probably do most of the time based upon a large sample size. That's why it works in baseball in the regular season and doesn't work as much in baseball in the postseason. Right? Same exact factor. Obviously, you have seven-game series, so it's a bigger sample size than the NCAA tournament, but it's still kind of the same issue. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's the logic behind those guys not not joining their team? Uh, well, Oladipo is coming back from that uh, injury. He's only Quad played injury, 13 right? games. Uh, this did return, but was uh, worried about the risk. And Beal just said that he was uh, undecided, uh, maybe worried about, again, risking injury. <laughs> I don't get it. Don't I don't I don't understand. Like. You are a professional basketball player. Your team and league need you. What don't you understand? Like I, again, I uh, Dan Orlovsky is a friend of mine, and he caught a lot of heat a couple weeks ago because he said, you know, Damian Lillard before they opened up twenty two teams said, hey, you know, unless we got a chance to make the playoffs, I don't want to go. And Dan Orlovsky said that he's spoiled and people freaked out about him saying he's spoiled. And I think he apologized for the wording of it. No, he shouldn't have apologized. These guys live in some fantasy world. I love Brad Beal. I think he's great. One of the more underrated players in the NBA. Good dude. Good hard worker, bro. You get paid to play basketball. Your league needs you. They're going to lose a billion dollars just to throw this thing. Why? But be, for the health of the league, for the health of the league, like this is one of those deals where you're like, man, really? There's a dinner on a sun on a Saturday night. Like, I was gonna go to Vegas. Well, yeah, but the boss is in town, and it's our biggest sponsor. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, dude, it's our biggest sponsor. Company needs you. Company needs you. This is the problem. These guys have no sense of the actual real world. They're completely lost of it. Completely. And I don't, I don't blame Brad Beal. I blame all of us because we've put them in this situation to where they can't actually understand everything that's taking place. They're, they're, they're not... Then and make sure, please make sure when you pass this on, don't say Godly says you're dumb. No, they're not dumb. Okay, they're not dumb. Like these guys are intelligent guys. They just haven't had any sort of chance to live in what would be the real world and 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 understand all the other things going on, because that's what we create for them. Like, you know, you take Brad Beal, like he goes from high school to college for a very short time to the pros immediately. Like his only concern is, was getting ready for the NBA and getting his game up. And like, that's all his only, he never had to worry about money. Never had to worry about anything. Once he got to the pros, it's just about honing his craft, getting better, getting his team better, you know, handling his business. He's got business managers and agents and they tell you when to show up, like all these things that everybody else has to do. And it comes to a head when, when you start talking about things like this. 
when you start talking about things like this, you know, you start talking about real life. And you're like, nah, I think I'm going to pass. Why? I don't know. You know, three months in there. And I don't like, dude, your league needs you. You got guys, and I'll just say it's like Kyrie Irving saying we should start our own league. That's a dumbass. That's a guy who just talks out of his rectum. That's what he is. You're going to start a new league? Do you have any idea how much money that takes? Because remember, if you start a new league, you don't get the revenue from this league. <laughs> like, and there's probably something in your contract called a non-compete clause. Like guys just, they have no idea. Zero. None. A non-compete clause. Like Kyrie Irving could leave the NBA and say, I want to start my own league and probably couldn't even play for the first year or two years, however long he's under contract. Why? Non-compete clause. But the idea that Brad Beal, like they're going to play basketball. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Wait, you're going to get a Supermax contract, $250 million. And when they're playing games, when people aren't working and the NBA is moving mountains to lose money, just to play these games, to keep this thing going. You're like, yeah, pass. You want to talk about selfish, uninformed dudes that have lived in a bubble their whole life. I give you all of these NBA players. Keep in mind, I'm fully understanding of your desires for social justice and for police reform. Got it. And if that's what you want to dedicate yourself to doing, I don't think it's as big a platform or smart a play as, as going and playing. But that's not what these guys are doing. They're just like, yeah, I don't want to do it. What? This is not a voluntary workout. It's your job. Deion, uh, uh, um, Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Daniel Jeremiah has moved the sticks as a podcast, of course, um, you can also see him on the NFL network. Let me, let me first get your reaction, dude. Like as a guy who I feel like both of us were good athletes in college and we didn't make it in the pro. Like I, I just hear these guys opting out of playing and I'm stunned at their, especially basketball guys, their lack of understanding of how important is it for their league, for the health of their sport that they play. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, the only thing that's hard about this, Doug, is just understanding what the individual situations are. So I always skeptical to comment on that just because I don't know what, you know, family members or, you know, what situation you might be in health-wise. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of look at these situations and, and say, okay, if I was in that spot, um, you know, I, I'd feel comfortable knowing the information that I know. I would feel comfortable knowing if I was young, uh, able-bodied, and healthy, that even the worst-case scenario, I, I would be okay. So, you know, that again, though, I think it's just kind of one of those individual decisions. It's hard to, to look at other people's circumstances and, and say whether they're right or they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, my, my problem with it, and this goes to college football and even to the NFL, this idea that you're less safe if you go to the facility would be accurate only if you were quarantining at home and everybody was quarantining again. And that's not happening. Yeah. You know, the, the country is open so that, and the numbers will tell you, many of these guys are coming in and they already have it because the quarantining has whether officially or unofficially ended, you actually are safer at your facility on your college college campus in the bubble than you are at home. Yeah, I think you can make that point. I mean, I, I think that's a very fair point. And I think when you look at some of the levels that they have to go to, to protect their season, you know, which these leagues are doing and these colleges and these teams are doing, 
Um, they're making that environment a lot safer than some of the other environments you'd be walking into on a daily basis in your regular life. Daniel Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Cam Newton as a Patriot for a million dollars plus the chance to earn more. What's your immediate reaction? I think it makes sense. You know, I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a no risk uh, situation for the Patriots. I mean, it's costing them nothing. So it's, it's a no brainer from that standpoint. It's insurance with Jared Stidham. Although everything I had heard throughout the whole off season was how much they love Jared Stidham. So I, I still believe that, you know, that, that, that he's going to have a really good opportunity to win that job. I don't think it's just Cam's job as a lot of people have insinuated. I think that's, uh, that's still to be determined, but, you know, Cam having a role on this football team, you know, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be creative and find a way to make it work. What, I'm uh, like, to me, I think, you know, you have a lot of fans and some people in our position that when you say Cam Newton, they think of 2015, 2013 yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. He, he, he isn't the same guy. And if you don't believe me, like the Carolina Panthers – tried to adjust and make him into a drop-back thrower with Norv Turner because they knew he wasn't the same guy. Why do people have time have have trouble understanding he's not the same guy after the savage beating he's taken over these nine years in the NFL? Well, I think it's, it's hard because you, you look at his age and then you see former MVP. And then you look at the players at that position having success much later on in their careers. Guys that won MVPs in their early 30s are still playing good in, in their late 30s or in Tom Brady and Drew Brees' case at 40. Or, um, but they play the game differently than Cam played it. Um, you know, Cam, that, the way that he played took a massive toll on his body. And he just, he, there's no way, they, the Panthers knew he could not continue to play like that. He wouldn't physically hold up. And he still didn't hold up, even though they tried to transition to make him into a pocket guy. So, um, I think that's the disconnect. I think when you look at the age and you see those three letters MVP, um, and people think he still has so much more ahead of him, but there was a there was a pretty steep decline, um, and it's been a minute here since we've seen him do his thing. So that's why I think a lot of people were making a big deal about the, the amount of money um, that he signed for, and that's the market. I mean, there's that's, that's the whole league looking at his value and determining what it was. So. That's not just one team uh, assessing his value. That's the reflection of where he was viewed across the league. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, like, look, free agents in general, not just, you know, minimum salary, free agents in general, it's like a one-third proposition, right? A third of the free agents hit, and he's a guy that the rest of the league knew. Maybe they couldn't evaluate because of, uh, of quarantine, but knew, and yet you basically had one legit offer at a league minimum. The likelihood of it hitting is probably lower than 30 percent yeah i mean I, I look that's market value that that's what that tells you you can infer that based off of what he got and you know i know a lot of people gosh i almost felt bad for chase daniel because he got kind of drugged through this process with how much money he's making but chase daniel is a he's a c-level quarterback but he's an a-level backup and that's what he is and that's kind right. of the going rate for the backup this is a different type of a deal with cam newton this is a you know, this is just kind of a bet on yourself, one-year deal. And then if Cam Newton plays well this year, um, I mean, what he will make the following year will dwarf, you know, what Chase Daniels ever brought in. I he, here's, my, here's, here's my issue with people pointing out how, how much Chase Daniel makes. Nobody said anything about how much Cam, Cam Newton made last year when he played two games. Or, you know, and look, I, I think Jameis Winston's probably underpaid, but that means he was probably overpaid last year, right? Like, 
It's it, we, we have no balance with the argument. A backup quarterback, $7 million is kind of top end of backup, but he's a professional backup quarterback. And people don't understand what goes into that, right? Like your Chase Daniels' entire job is to make sure that Matt Stafford completely understands the offense, is ready for it. He's like a quarterback coach who, in a pinch, could step in and make a play, and he's fully comfortable and excels in that role. Um, Nick Foles, same way, same way. Whereas Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, those guys are still starters with starters mentality. And it's really hard to know if they'll actually buy into that role of backup. I don't think Cam will. And I have no idea what, what Jameis will be like in that roster. Yeah. And I think with Jameis, I think if Jameis had been patient um, and waited for an injury, even if, even if an injury didn't happen, I think there was, he could have made more money elsewhere. I think, and I give him credit for this, he determined that was the place where in a one-year kind of mentorship underneath you know, Sean Payton and Drew Brees that he could learn as much as he could to help have him have a long, sustained career after this season. Um, that was a long-term play uh, by Jameis. I, I, just, I believe he could have got more money elsewhere, and if he'd have been patient and waited for an injury, he could have got considerably more money. But I think he actually, you know, for somebody who's been knocked for his immaturity, going back to college, I thought he made a very mature decision and thought big picture and said, this is a great place for me to be in kind of my quote-unquote gap year. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, okay, so what does this do to the AFC East in your opinion? Well, I still think Buffalo is the favorite. Um, you know, I, the, the Patriots The Patriots are going to be in every game because their defense is going to be really good. The scheme is sound. They have solid personnel there. They're not going to make mistakes. Um, I think with Cam, you know, however they use him, if he's the starter or if they just kind of roll him through, I think it's going to fit that they are an offensive line, run game-oriented team. So the Patriots are going to be in every single football game, which is, you know, going to, you know, at the end of the day, normally when you're that type of team, those are usually, you know, 10-win teams. And, you know, Buffalo has a higher ceiling than that. I think Buffalo has better talent, and they could be, you know, an 11- or 12-win team if everything went right. But I think they have a lower floor than the Patriots. So at the end of the day, like, the Patriots are going to be, they're going to win nine or ten games next year, in my opinion. That's what, that's what they are. I, I, I tend to agree, but we'll see who's the quarterback and how it changes the dynamic of what they do. Uh, I like I I do think there is a role there. I think they could be really clever with it. I mean, we remember Jacoby Brissett when he got that when he started for against the Texans. It felt like a Thursday night game, maybe a Monday night game when Brady was suspended. You know, they they ran option, they ran zone read. It's not out of the realm, especially when it, it's not going to hurt you long term if Cam does get banged up. It's not crazy to think they could have some packages in for Cam in, in order to play that way and not that not be the the way in which they play most of the game, just a, it's a hard change of pace. Would it shock you at all just knowing how Belichick operates if, if in a season where you've had no off season, right, and you've had no time for, for teams to get comfortable in their normal learning routine, for Bill Belichick to almost Steve Spurrier this thing and, and every other game could start a different quarterback. You know, one week it's Stidham, the next week it's Cam kind of roll those guys through and challenge the preparation of the team you play against on a weekly basis. I mean, that would be kind of a, a classic Belichick type move. Of course it would. Of course it would. And it wouldn't stun anybody, right? I mean, what's the deal? What are people in the league? So you know, they got fined pretty substantially and lost another draft pick yeah. for the, for the filming thing with the, with the Bengals. Um, I, I understand it when, if it was their first offense, nobody would have batted an eye, but we've, it's kind of the league like, man, it's enough of this stuff. Uh, but what do, what do people really think inside the NFL? 
I think everybody just kind of rolled their eyes. I mean, the the uh, I I don't know that it was as, uh, anywhere near on the scale of what was going on previously, what they've you know got in trouble for in the past or what was insinuated in the past. But it, again, it's just kind of a, if they had a clean history, I, don't, I think we would have brushed right by this. So I just you know I talk to people around the league, you just kind of get like an eye roll. You know, it, it, they didn't think it was necessarily a, a huge deal, but because of who did it is, is why you get the punishment that you got. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, all right, DJ, you mentioned the fact that we have essentially no offseason. How does this affect the rookie quarterbacks? You know, you have uh, three big ones. You know, Justin Herbert plays for the Chargers. You cover. You got Tua, Tungavailoa, and of course, Joe Burrow. Assumption is that Burrow gets a chance to start maybe right away. What about the other two? Yeah, I don't think we see the other two in the first half of the season. Um yeah, I really don't. I think they'll give them plenty of time to get comfortable and get their feet underneath them. And then, uh, you know, I think you're more likely to see Tua at that point in time. I, I would, if I was betting, I would say we're more likely to not see Justin Herbert at all this year um, than to see him start a majority of the games. Um, I, I just think with the off season, it is what it is, and, and teams are going to be very patient, especially if you've got somebody capable to plug in there. And both those teams do have capable guys to go. So. I don't think you'll see those guys trotting out there early in the season. But, you know, with, with Cincinnati's situation, um, it's almost, gosh, you almost feel like they've got to get him up and going. So I, I do anticipate we'll see him right from the jump. Chris Jones says he's not playing another snap unless he gets a new contract. We got a lot of these standoffs around the NFL. But Jones specifically, dominant defensive lineman with the defending champions. Who blinks first? Well, I think if you're the Chiefs, you want to see that you get the season up and running and uh, and see where we are at that point in time. You don't need Chris Jones for September. You need him for January. So that, to me, I, I could see this dragging on a little bit, and then uh, you know eventually they, they come together and, and make something work. But if I was in, in the Kansas City Chiefs' shoes, I would not be running to get something done at this point in time. No, I, I, I tend to agree, and a lot of these contracts, they favor the team so much. And, look, I've been told by, by some NFL people that, we don't know what the salary cap's going to look like. We have no idea the financials. Yep. Like these long-term deals, I just I can't feel comfortable with it with so much unknown. There's too much uncertainty. And the other thing is you got to remember it's basically impossible to hold out right now. Um, so you have, the, the clubs have all the leverage based off the CBA. So there's no, there's no pressure on them to get going. Daniel Jeremiah, the, the podcast is Move the Sticks. Download it. You'll love it. Uh, he and our guy Bucky Brooks, you can see him on the NFL Network here. I'm calling Chargers games as well. Maybe, hopefully, this fall at the brand new SoFi Stadium. DJ, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you, buddy. Take care. How owners in Major League Baseball did not want a season at all. You'll find out next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1, we call it... And now... This is Rob Manfred on the Dan Patrick Show talking about the negotiations between teams and players. It's the calendar, Dan. We're playing 60 games in 63 days right now. I don't see, given how the reality of the health situation over the past few weeks, 
how we were going to get going any faster than the calendar we're on right now, no matter what the state of those negotiations were. And yet, you know, look, um, we, we did get a suboptimal result from the negotiation in some ways. You know, we didn't, the fans aren't going to get an expanded postseason, which I think would have been good with the shortened season. And, you know, look, the players left real money on the table. They left $25 million with playoff pools, $33 million worth of salary advances. But that's what happens when you have a negotiation that instead of being collaborative, gets, you know, into sort of a conflict situation. How many owners didn't want to resume the uh, season? There were one or two that were opposed to the idea of playing um, for health reasons. Um, The vast, vast majority uh, of our owners wanted to play. And I think from the perspective of the owners, they're making an investment you know, in terms of additional losses in order to get the game back on the field because we owe it to our fans. Hmm. So, uh, you look, and Rob Manfred obviously works for the owners. He's the commissioner of baseball, and he said, you know, one or two didn't for health concerns. There's a, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot there uh, in terms of what they're, they're, they're sacrificing. Um. I, I just think, though, that everyone truly understands that even if you lose money, you're better off having some form of season than being out of sight, out of mind. The, the big miss for baseball, though, is they should have been playing in July. You could have still done the 60 and 63 days and been done earlier in a, trying to protect yourself from the virus in this second wave or whatever if you wanted to. But you had, July, you had the whole sports calendar to yourself and you gave it away. And I think it's some of this is just the player association got dominated last negotiations and they don't want to do it again. Whereas the, the owners are felt like they're a very matter of fact here. Hey, look, we're losing money. We're, we're willing to lose some money, but not all of the money. Um, some of it was the fact that they got that quick revamp deal done, you know, without really diving into all the possibilities. And then when they had to look at it again, even if there was some clear fine print, which favored the owners, it doesn't matter because the players were on the uh, operating on the assumption, hey, we're going to find a make a way to way to make this work. I just think this is the players being being dumb, the owner, the association being angry and trying to set up for the next negotiation instead of just get back on the field, earn the goodwill, be, make it your say. Could have been all of baseball this summer. They could have been playing the whole time. Could have been playing right now. Could have been getting ready for opening day on Fourth of July on a Saturday. But instead, they're not. Mistake all around. I would say biggest mistakes to the players, though, because this is their job. And we're all in this like you're going to have to suck it up and make a little bit less, hoping that you'll make more in the future. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Oh, oh, I just so fireworks shows are now being canceled all around the country and. Can I just point out that most of those fireworks shows are complete and utter waste of time anyway? Right? Uh, now, full disclosure, I, I do like a good fireworks finale, but I got to wait like 20 minutes for the finale where I could have just done the whole, tell me when the finale starts, elbow me and I'll wake up and then I'll watch it. I like fireworks. I just, it does get overdone. It's like our town is a better fireworks display than your town. Does, does anyone who really matters or can, you know, like little kids love it? They love it. It'll make it more special when it returns. 
But the fireworks thing is a little bit overdone. There's some really cool things they do with it. Like, oh, those look like stars falling. Oh, that looks like a like a basket. Oh, yay. yay. Um, but I, I just, in addition to the health and safety concerns, it didn't make any physical sense. Like those things are expensive, expensive. And, and while you could sit here and go like, all right, well now what about all the people that set up the fireworks? And what about the people, you know, they got overtime, the firefighters for guarding against the fire within the fire trucks. Like it, there is, there are financial ramifications, but when you're sitting there and you know, there'll be less, much less tax revenue because so much less business is being done. I, I actually think it not only makes safety sense, but business sense. Music, do you, do you like fireworks? Like, are you going to bum that there's a big... Dis- Did Torrance have a big one when you were growing up? Uh, no, but you would go down to the beach like the Redondo Hermosa Pier, and you could see them from there, which was cool. Um, but, you know, I'm not totally tore up about it. I haven't been a huge fan of fireworks for like 10 years because our family dog always hated fireworks. Yeah, dog hates them. Yeah, so it's actually been something that hasn't been entirely enjoyable for a long time now. What about you, Bayer? Are you a big firework guy? Are you bummed out most of these fireworks displays are gone? You know, I, I do enjoy the shows. I don't think that I'm going to miss it. But I do, uh, you know, like we do like to sit outside and watch, uh, you know, just 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, whatever they are. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to the Rose Bowl once, and that was a little too much because it was a full day thing. But to sit out and catch him, yeah. So it's like a full day. You go there, you drink, you walk around, and then at night you wait for fireworks yeah. and they play music? Yeah, that was a little too much for me. It was just a Sounds long a day. Yeah, Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like I like the whole, like one of the things about the house that we live in now is you could see, you. there's two fireworks displays. You can see them both. Oh, perfect. The fact that I don't have to get out of my house, like that is, that's golden for me. It's really golden for me. Um. I don't know if people understand how all these things are going to be damaging to college sports. Maybe forever or for a long time. How much damage? How long will it last? Will it recover? We'll discuss next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. (laughs) This is Rob Manfred on the Dan Patrick Show talking about the negotiations between teams and players. It's the calendar, Dan. We're playing 60 games in 63 days right now. I don't see given how the reality of the health situation over the past few weeks, how we were going to get going any faster than the calendar we're on right now, no matter what the state of those negotiations were. And yet, you know, look, um, we, we did get a suboptimal result from the negotiation in some ways, you know, we didn't, the fans aren't going to get an expanded postseason, which I think would have been good with the shortened season. And, you know, look, the players left real money on the table. They left $25 million with playoff pools, $33 million worth of salary advances. But that's what happens when you have a negotiation that instead of being collaborative gets, you know, into sort of a conflict situation. How many owners didn't want to resume the uh, season? There were one or two that were opposed to the idea of playing um, for health reasons. Um, The vast, vast majority uh, of our owners wanted to play. 
And I think from the perspective of the owners, they're making an investment, you know, in terms of additional losses in order to get the game back on the field because we owe it to our fans. Hmm. So, uh, you look, and Rob Manfred obviously works for the owners. He's the commissioner of baseball. And he said, you know, one or two didn't for health concerns. There's a, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot there uh, in terms of what they're, they're, they're sacrificing. Um, I, I just think, though, that everyone truly understands that even if you lose money, you're better off having some form of season than being out of sight, out of mind. The, the big miss for baseball, though, is they should have been playing in July. You could have still done the 60 and 63 days and been done earlier in a, trying to protect yourself from the virus in this second wave or whatever if you wanted to. But you had, July, you had the whole sports calendar to yourself and you gave it away. And I think it's some of this is just the player association got dominated last negotiations and they don't want to do it again. Whereas the, the owners are felt like they're a very matter of fact here. Hey, look, we're losing money. We're, we're willing to lose some money, but not all of the money. Um, some of it was the fact that they got that quick revamp deal done, you know, without really diving into all the possibilities. And then when they had to look at it again, even if there was some clear fine print, which favored the owners, it doesn't matter because the players were on the uh, operating under the assumption, hey, we're going to find a make a way to, way to make this work. I just think this is the players being being dumb, the owner, the association being angry and trying to set up for the next negotiation instead of just get back on the field, earn the goodwill, be, make it yours. It could have been all of baseball this summer. They could have been playing the whole time. Could have been playing right now. Could have been getting ready for opening day on 4th of July on a Saturday. But instead, they're not. Mistake all around. I would say biggest mistakes to the players, though. Because this is their job, and we're all in this, like, you're going to have to suck it up and make a little bit less, hoping that you'll make more in the future. That's what the Fox said. Ah! What does the Fox say? Oh, oh. I just... So, fireworks shows are now being canceled all around the country, and... Can I just point out that most of those fireworks shows are complete and not a waste of time anyway? Right? Uh, now, full disclosure, I, I do like a good fireworks finale, but I got to wait like 20 minutes for the finale where I could have just done the whole, tell me when the finale starts, elbow me and I'll wake up and then I'll watch it. I like fireworks. I just, it does get overdone. It's like our town is a better fireworks display than your town. Does, does anyone who really matters or can, you know, like little kids love it? They love it. It'll make it more special when it returns. But the fireworks thing is a little bit overdone. There's some really cool things they do with it. Like, oh, those look like stars falling. Oh, that looks like a, like a basket. Oh, yay. yay. Um, but I, I just... In addition to the health and safety concerns, it didn't make any physical sense. Like those things are expensive, expensive. And, and while you could sit here and go like, all right, well now what about all the people that set up the fireworks? And what about the people, you know, they got overtime, the firefighters for guarding against the fire within the fire trucks. Like it, there is, there are financial ramifications, but when you're sitting there and you know, there'll be less, much less tax revenue because so much less business is being done. 
I, I actually think it not only makes safety sense, but business sense. Music, do you, do you like fireworks? Like, are you going to bum that there's a big... Dis- Did Torrance have a big one when you were growing up? Uh, no, but you would go down to the beach, like the Redondo Hermosa Pier, and you could see them from there, which was cool. Um, but, you know, I'm not totally tore up about it. I haven't been a huge fan of fireworks for like 10 years because our family dog always hated fireworks. Yeah, dog hates them. Yeah, so it's actually been something that hasn't been entirely enjoyable for a long time now. What about you, Bayer? Are you a big firework guy? Are you bummed out most of these fireworks displays are gone? You know, I, I do enjoy the shows. I don't think that I'm going to miss it. But I do, uh, you know, like we do like to sit outside and watch, uh, you know, just 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, whatever they are. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to the Rose Bowl once, and that was a little too much because it was a full day thing. But to sit out and catch them, yeah. So it's like a full day. You go there, you drink, you walk around, and then at night you wait for fireworks yeah. and they play music. Yeah, that was a little too much for me. It was just a Sounds long a day. Yeah, Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like I like the whole, like one of the things about the house that we live in now is you could see you. there's two fireworks displays. You can see them both. Oh, perfect. In fact, I don't have to get out of my house. Like that is, that's golden for me. It's really golden for me. Um, I don't know if people understand how all these things are going to be damaging to college sports. Maybe forever or for a long time. How much damage? How long will it last? Will it recover? We'll discuss next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day, kiddos. We are. Got a lot to get to. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports, fantastic writer, joins us. Um, look, look, I. We, we do this thing as fans and media members, not me, um, but I, I'm not one of these guys in the media like, you know what the media does? I'm part of the media. So what some in, in our business, my business, do is um, we decide what side we are in an argument, and that's the one we are. And even when there's new data that presents itself, we still hang with that old data because it helps with confirmation bias. Um, I, I believe that college sports, college athletics, though, you know, as happy days are here again, you know, with, with some of these TV deals, there, there was a, at some point going to be a correction. A correction, more than a recession, a correction in that these TV companies like ESPN laid out so much money for all of these rights that doesn't actually make them money. They actually lose money with every game they put on. But because they, they're they the only ones that have the rights to some of these packages, the, the belief was long term, everything moves to digital. And if you have, you know, a streaming service, ESPN Plus, for example, then you can get more people to pay for it, which they've always been able to do with cable. It's a, it's a smart play, but it's a long-term play. And, you know, do you need to watch every game the way you used to? Because there's other ways and other, you know, we, we've gone from saying we paid too much to cable, then still, I still have cable, and you have streaming services, and you add up all your streaming services, and it ends up being more than the cable. So, um... There's a lot to it. I thought a correction was in order, but now we're in a recession. And I don't mean recession nationally. I mean, in college sports, just take UCLA. Okay. So UCLA is at UCLA is a state school, university of California, Los Angeles, 
state of California does not really fund collegiate athletic programs. So you're not getting a bunch of state funding, right? Um, you play, I think it's the worst great football job in America. And you're like, what's that mean? Well, on the surface, it's in LA, great uniforms, some good history, some fantastic players, and you play in the Rose Bowl. And you play in the Pac-12, which has not been dominated by USC recently. And if Oregon can win, why can't you at UCLA? You have tons of players uh, that, that grow up. I mean, it's a, just a cornucopia, a wellspring of talent, really, from Southern California. But your stadium is an hour from campus. No matter how nice your campus is, every other college stadium of any other legitimate power is right off of that. The only other one like that is the, the Orange Bowl in Miami, which is much closer than the Rose Bowl is. So they already have those inherent issues. They're paying their coaches more than they've ever paid them before. No NCAA tournament money, no Pac-12 tournament money. There's no season ticket base with football because nobody thinks they're going to have a season and they weren't any good last year. Under Armour has pulled out from their deal, which paid them like $11 million in change plus game like $7 million in gear per year. Now Learfield IMG is threatening to pull out their deal for all their uh their radio and TV right radio and, and media rights, which is even, it's like 15 million a year. They, they've already hit up all their boosters for their practice facility in basketball and football. I, where is the money coming from to support these programs? I, I, you see this across the country. We're in bad, bad shape, not just now, but for the future. Dennis Dodd joins us, CBS sports college football writer. If if you were to describe your own personal opinion on the current state of college athletics, what would it be? Oh gosh, it's most profound moment in college athletics history. Um, given that we may not play a football season, it's a a reckoning of of ethics, values, and finances. I, I think coming out of this, what you'll see as to how business is conducted, how so many sports are spo- sponsored will be radically changed in some spaces. And if it gets bad enough, I've said this from the beginning, I, I think some schools will have to give up sports. Uh, they just, they just won't, it, it won't be fiscally feasible. So yeah, I, 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 I guess, the, it, yeah, I, I guess the, the problem with giving up sports is that people, yes, you are going to lose money. And it, it in the, the old, you know, when you look on your Excel spreadsheet, it's going to end up in the red. On the other hand, we all know that sports is used not just to promote the school, but also to bring in alumni and donors to, to yep. get money that goes to, to other areas. Like that's, it's pretty drastic and that losing a little bit of money on it is acceptable, but losing a lot of money on it is not acceptable. Fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ohio state can, they can stomach playing an entire season without fans. Gene Smith said this early on. It would mean $50 million they would lose. Well, they make 223 a year. They're third, I think, in the country in athletic revenue. So, they, you know, it would be hard. They could do it. At the, at the bottom of the food chain, Doug, I don't think a lot of schools could handle that. Not that they, not that they have a lot of people in the stands, but it's 80% of the budget. And if all of a sudden you're playing and all of a sudden you can only play six games, and the season is cut short, and you got nothing in the coffer, you're either going to the state, which a lot of these schools are already state-subsidized a lot, up to 35%, or you're tapping into uh, endowments. 
which may or, that money may or may not be available to, yeah. to stay afloat for a year. Yeah, because because the rest of the school is struggling and have to tap yeah. on the endowments because yeah. they may not have the enrollment that they they used to have. It's a yeah, uh, it, it it's a it's a huge problem. Um, one of the things that's interesting is I have long I, you, you've had all this talk for and it's more about competitive balance in terms of the SEC and playing less of these guarantee games, but but the guarantee games are really the engine, uh, really the engine behind not just the little schools, the McNeese States of the world, but also the Alabamas of the world because, you know, the town gets filled up, the restaurants, the bars, whatever. And yeah, they got to write a $900,000 million check for it, but they, they make money for everybody by playing those games. Those are the first ones to go. And I think those actually, Dennis, might be the most impactful. Yeah, and you've already got a situation with, I think, the Patriot League, is already saying they're not. They're only going to drive the non-conference games. Well, I think Fordham's playing at Hawaii. Well, that's out. Um, I think one of their Colgates at Western Michigan. That's a 600-mile drive. That's out. So what happens then? Um, you know, that's why it's going to be really easy if there's a crunch here to play conference games only for these conferences. Uh, but again, the schools that'll be hurt is not Alabama hosting Western Carolina. It'll be Western Carolina, which depends on that check for a large portion of its budget. So that's going to be, again, at the bottom of the food chain that I talked about. Uh, okay, so let's let's get to Clemson. They got a ton of kids popping up. I mean, you're over 20 kids popping up positive for coronavirus. But with the numbers telling you that kids of that age, uh, even if they get symptoms, seem to recover quite quickly, is this a good thing for Clemson, right? Are they Are they... Whether they're doing it on purpose or by accident, are they creating herd immunity? Yeah. The, by the way, the, the on purpose thing—I I don't know where that came from. I think I think a boomer scientist might have, might have suggested it on one of his platforms, and I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying, no, nobody n- nobody is going to do it on purpose. That's ridiculous. Why would you infect your team purposely? Or a medical concept that has really not been proven in the case of this uh, virus. In, in the measles, the Mayo Clinic tells us that there had to be a 94% exposure rate to develop herd immunity for the measles. You get it once, you're done. We don't even know if you can get this again. We don't know the, the infection rate. Um, so to do it on purpose and say, yeah, everybody will have it, is, is ridiculous. I talked to an, an infectious um, disease doctor in, uh, at UAB, Alabama Brigham. Uh, he's had it. And he said, this disease, this virus runs through all of your organs. You can feel it as it runs through all of your organs. When you're young, you may not even know you have it. When you're old, I'm 64, or he said he's 64. Four months later, I'm over it. I still can't climb stairs because I can't catch my breath. So the herd, the herd immunity thing as a, as a quote-unquote salvation or cure doesn't make sense right now. Okay, so um, obviously the news is kind of grim in the short term, right? Uh, Texas closing stuff down, changing only 50% uh, capacity at restaurants. Bars are closing. Same thing happened in Southern California. Fireworks displays for 4th of July weekend. But where are we with college football and their season? Um, I I would say it's not very optimistic right now. Um, And I don't speak for it. It's just my opinion that less than two months from now, we're going to kick off the season. Uh, not even, you know, getting into the equation, whether there's fans in the stands, 
in August, you're going to welcome back tens of thousands of students onto these campuses. No matter how you try to social distance, there's going to be spread, as well as the players themselves and practicing football, hitting, sweating, uh, being close to each other. It's almost the exact opposite solution for getting rid of the coronavirus. But, there, uh, you know, uh, others have said it, and so have I. They're trying to play between raindrops here, and they're, you know, they're hoping that the big thunderstorm doesn't come. I mean, I, I, the, the worst, second worst thing, Doug, is first thing is not playing at all. Second worst is they start up and have to stop. And there's some sort, sort of interruption because it ain't going to be a week. You know that. It's not going to oh, we're just going to sit out a week. It may be the rest of the season, and then you're done. So it's, it, it's, it's fingers crossed right now. It's never been more fingers crossed than it is right now because of all the things you just mentioned. Is, do we know when a, an official decision is made? Well, we're in July. i got to think, by the end of this month, we got to have some sort of decision because football activities are going to start the second week of July, I think the NCAA is allowing it. Uh, and then by the end of the month, we'll be full on in camp for the likes of Navy and Notre Dame. And so if you're going to do all this, if you're going to bring all these people together, then you've got to make some plans by the end of July whether you're going to play or not. I mean, you don't ramp it all the way up to August 29th, which is the day of the first game, and then call it off. You've got tickets to sell. Um, you know, you got season tickets. You've got to decide that. You've got to decide testing. There's no uniform testing in the NCAA. You've got to figure that. So I, I got to think by the end of the July this month, we we got to know one way or the other. Okay, here's the question. Dennis Dodd joining us, CBS Sports, covering college football. The question, though, is if there there isn't any statistical data that tells you the players themselves are at risk, right? Are at are at risk of uh, being severely compromised or or killed by by COVID nineteen. No, they're at a lower they're at a lower risk because of the I pain. know they're, they're, there's yeah. they're, but there's there's yeah. virtually no there's it, I mean it's. It's 0.01%, right? And even that, you'd have a tough time thinking a college athlete would be among even the 0.01%. Why, why does it feel like there's a freak out when we see numbers of college athletes testing positive? Why just quarantine for 14 days, then they get back out there? Yeah, because this is different. College is different. The pros can negotiate their working conditions. They can be in a bubble. They have a union. They have representatives. The players have no representation. And there's a lot of feel for this for a lot of people that they're being used, being used as human shields or mercenaries to grab hold of some of that network TV money. Do they want to play? Absolutely. But, then, but, but, but Dennis, Dennis that, that, that pays they for their scholarship. Like, all the things they have are paid for by that. Like, this all, again, it all kind of works together. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, like, the the it's not like they're coming from a quarantine bubble at home right this is my big big thing is if everybody was quarantined at home and staying home and not doing anything and then we're throwing them into an environment of college football where you're bringing you know 85 scholarship kids together from all over and and having it unmonitored fine but that's not the reality of it the reality of is everything's open up in the world the kids are working out at home. They're going out at home. They go to college campuses. They have the best doctors, the best medical treatment. And yeah, they're together, but they, they'd want to be playing football and working out whether they're home or wherever. And some, I think one of the reasons that this thing is spreading is they're going out at night anyway. Like, I, I don't think that's actually a realistic, like the whole mercenary thing. Like they want to be there. That's what they want to do. They're football players and they play football at college and that's where you go. Well, a couple of things. I, I don't think a free scholarship qualifies you, you know, to be, 
that you should be playing football in, during a pandemic. That's one thing. The other thing, I'll agree that the, they're being watched over medically uh, better maybe inside uh, their programs. But again, I'll say this, the, the opposite, what they're doing is the opposite of what the medical professionals say. Do not assemble in large groups. Um, you know, they're not assemb- med- Hold on, they're not assembling in large groups. They're, they're not. They're limiting well, the size the of their groups. Like, listen, the listen, basket. I, Dan, Dennis, basketball players right now they can go to it. They have to. They're back on campus. They're getting all the same treatment and tests and whatever. They can be in a gym four at a time. No coaches. One ball, one player. That, that's the mandates that they're doing. And the football, they have the same. They're doing it in small groups. Doing small groups. And by the way, just, you know, like I've been to a wide receiver workout in Southern California with college players, with professional players, with high school kids. There's no masks. There's no gloves, whatever. They're working out. This is what's happening all over the country. And I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But I actually think that we're doing the same thing. We're using the players to make an argument that the players themselves don't really want to make, right? Like they, they want to, be with their team so they're ready to play this season, whether it's to become a professional or to win their league. I, I, I think the, I think we're, we're both sides are manipulating the facts. I think there's a way to do this, but it's, it's a best case scenario. I talked to some of these trainers and said, yeah, you can do it. It's not ideal, but here's how you do it. The problem is not every program is doing it. You can isolate the second team offensive line from the first team offensive line. Uh, during the week of a game. So if you get an infection on the first team, then you bring a guy up. Okay, not everybody's doing that. Doug, not every school is even testing. They can't afford testing an FBS. So what does that mean? You can't just talk about the Power Five. Plus, yes, they're not likely to get it. They're not likely to suffer. They're not likely to show symptoms. But there are 17 head coaches over the age of 60. They will be in contact with them, not to mention an untold number in FBS of assistant coaches. Um, and there is no bubble, by the way. So, yeah, no, there, I think there is a, a good argument here for the mercenary part of it. And, and I say that saying, yes, they absolutely want to play. You know, God bless them. But don't, the, the thing you can't do is make them sign waivers. If they want to play, let them play. Don't tell them, you know, we're going to kick you off the team if we see you going into a bar. Dennis Dodd, great stuff. Read his work. Really interesting articles at CBSSports.com, National College Football Writer. Dennis, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. All right, Doug, thanks. Pleasure's all mine. Andrew Brandt joins the show upcoming next. He's not convinced Cam Newton will make the Patriots roster. And wait till you hear his thoughts on Bobby Bonilla Day. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Andrew Brent's former Packers executive. He famously, uh, uh, I don't know if he blew out, blew dry the ink when Aaron Rodgers signed the contract, but he was with the Packers back then. Of course, now he teaches at Villanova. He writes for the MMQB. And um, he, he helps us learn about the business side of sports in a really interesting fashion, having done it himself in his professional life. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. First, this is the most important thing I'm going to have you on for today, okay? Um, this is Bobby Bonilla Day. Now, for people that don't know what Bobby Bonilla Day is, he makes a little over a million and change July 1st of since 2011. What is it for, I think, 13 years or so, right? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and it's, it, it, it equals out to somewhere in the $30 million neighborhood. 
and it was $6 million deferred at 8% interest, and you got compound interest. Andrew Brandt, okay. I, I was driving it earlier today to go do Cowherd Show, and I heard a local radio show, They Shall Remain Nameless because they'd be embarrassed, and they were like, why would the Mets do this? What an idiotic move. Man, you're just writing checks. You've been, you've actually done this for a living. Why does it make sense for the professional sports team to defer payments? Yeah, good to be with you, Doug. And as you noted, I've been on both sides. I mean, a decade each as a player agent and a team exec. And the one thing that gets down to every negotiation, people talk about these deals are basically easy, especially rookies. You just slot in wherever they are. But every negotiation with any kind of meaningful bonus or salary, the discussion of payment terms comes up. And every negotiation is the same. The agent and player want it now, and the team wants to defer. Why does the team want to defer? Because money later is better than money now, and for the agent and player, money now is better than money later. So every year, the Twitter stream of praise for Bobby Bonilla for taking this deferred deal, he gets money every July 1, is just, to me, I just shake my head. I'm like, yeah, the Mets are loving it. Now, there is a caveat here, and I do respect this, and there's an 8%. Now, now teams don't do that. So that's where the Mets are like, I don't get that. I mean, I don't get the interest rate. In my negotiations for deferrals, I would never give interest. And these would be things like a $10 million bonus. You get five in year one, maybe you get three in year two, and then two in year three, and then one in year four, something like that at the most, but never interest. So that little kicker you mentioned, there's the rub, because teams don't give it interest. But the, the premise of deferrals sounds great in the media, but it's something every team would do in a heartbeat. Okay, so I just I use this calculator. Um, I use this calculator uh, on, online, and um, and if if I was to invest in the market at six, like if you put six million dollars in the market, like if you're mm-hmm. Bob Bonilla, right? And now the six million dollars back then would have been what three million dollars, you know, post tax. Right, so you put yeah, three million dollars then. Yeah. What would it be now? Like, what would it be worth now if you, you know, just you just put in an index fund? Any idea? You know, maybe it's five percent a year. So you compound that, then you can do the math. Yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is strong. Okay, let's let's get. You to know, football. I had one guy. Let me just say one guy. When the I got to the Packers, I kept noticing every year we're paying this one guy not a million, but something. And I'm like, what's that? Oh, yeah, he wanted a deal like that. And again, no interest. His name, and he played until he's 42 years old, a punter named Sean Landetta. So good on him, at least from the Packers' point of view. It was like, yeah, we're paying this guy 20 years, but he didn't want it now. He wanted his lifetime annuity. Yeah, um, I, I did this. I did the calculator. And just, just, just so you know, if, you, if, if he had put in $6 million in January of 2000, um, and taking it out in January of this year, right? This is yeah. obviously before quarantine, before coronavirus. Yeah. It would have been worth 31, uh, 31 the same $6 million would have been worth 
$8.38 million. Uh, comp- uh, compound gain per year is 8.62%. So yeah. it would have been slightly more and then than the way than the eight percent had he put it in now timing is everything and it's really really fascinating uh, Andrew right. Bent our guest on the Doug Gottlieb show what are your thoughts on the Cam Newton signing probably a little contrarian to most people just just like the Mania thing I just think the typical Belichick got him for the rock bottom market waited four months nobody signed him think about that nobody signed this guy for four months got it as low as it could be it's basically a minimum deal with a ton of upside and of course that upside seven million only if he like i'm assuming like wins super bowl mvp top five in every category etc you know i think the reason cam didn't get signed is because teams look at him and like you can't just say that's going to be our starting quarterback not with the amount of time he's played lately so then it's like okay he's going to compete with usually a young guy we feel good about and if he doesn't beat him out, you know, what's that look like? And, is, and if he does beat him out, are we pushing down the guy we're developing for years? It's not easy to just bring in a name like Cam Newton. Now, New England had that ability to do so. But I don't know what happens, Doug. I mean, I think if he doesn't beat out Jared Stidham, he's a number three because Brian Hoyer's the backup. I mean, that's kind of set. And are you going to have Cam Newton as your number three? Are you going to cut him? You know, those are questions I have. How much, and I tried to tell people like, look, how much money you make does matter. How it makes, how expendable you are, right? Like this is in the real world of sports. You know, the reason that that coaches have these huge buyouts isn't because they don't want to go anywhere. It's because it makes them hard. It makes you harder to fire, which is the same thing with, with the NFL. Like why would you ask for more and more money? Cause the more money you make, the harder it is for them to cut you that you can play through a bad stretch and, and investment. Go ahead. Investment, investment matters. Totally. I mean, that's so true with the draft too. People say, how do these, you know, number one picks keep getting chances? Well, they're number one picks, you know? And you've got a different pedigree, and you've got an ability to do that. Uh, when you're a low-round pick, you get your one shot, and you're gone. And it's just that's the investment. Teams like to work, you know, spend time on their investments. Um, oh, okay, so uh, the, these deals, the, the, the minimum deals, like it feels yeah. like they're just paying to take a look, aren't they? That's what I see it as. I really do. I mean, I, I think people fall in love with names. This is free agency in general. And then they don't sort of realize the guy's been hurt with a knee. I'm sorry, with a foot and a shoulder. And I talked to a team exec like a month ago, and I bring up Cam Newton. He just says one word, medical. Like medical. I mean, every team's saying that. Well, tell me the medical. I'll tell you if we're interested. And I'm not sure what the medical is. I don't know if the Patriots, obviously they had him for physical, so they got to figure out, is the medical going to be safe? Yeah, I mean, I, and then there's questions about, you know, it's not just the medical, it's the medical in his shoulder. He needs that to throw a football, and he's changed his throwing motion, and his foot yeah. and ankle that have been repaired, which he needs to be Cam Newton, and we don't know, right? I mean, there's, it's, it's one thing, you know, it's one thing to have a collarbone like Aaron Rodgers did, but, you know, once a collarbone, once you get that, that uh, uh, the, the, uh, the rod or whatever put in it, you're not likely to break again, and it, he doesn't feel like it'll have career uh, it, it, it'll it'll be a detriment to your, the rest of your career. That's not the case with your shoulder and with your foot and ankle. 
Yeah, and I mean, this idea of former MVP, I get it. You know, that's a, that's a great phrase for people to throw around, former MVP, but I don't pay a lot of attention to former MVP unless the former's like six or 12 months ago. You know, because if it's former MVP like years ago, I think it's 2015, you know, that could be anyone. Uh, I just think, you know, this league moves so fast. So this idea of former MVP, I don't know if that means anything. I, I tend to agree with you. What should, should we look in anything deeper into Jordan Love signing a completely guaranteed deal at the 26th pick in the draft? You know, when I signed Aaron Rodgers at the 24th pick, we gave him a premium. You know, we gave him more than the 23rd pick. And that's the premium this day. That's right around the spot where the, you either get three and a half guaranteed or maybe – now they broke the seal on four years guaranteed. I think that's fine. I understand yeah. it. What 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 do you think of that of Jordan Love and how it ultimately what 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 the Green Bay Packers ultimately did in the draft? Yeah, I mean we talked about this. This is this exact to the day, fifteen years from when we drafted Aaron. It's just uncanny. And and I think the biggest takeaway for me is up until that moment, I never thought ever that there's an expiration date on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And now there is. And we don't know if it's 2022 or 2023. I don't think it's before that. But it's like, yes, that has to happen. Because a first-rounder has to play. I mean, they just do. They will, he will play. And I'm not talking about play if Aaron gets hurt. I'm saying there has to be a transition there. And obviously we did it with Brett and Aaron, but it was a different situation. We hadn't done Brett's contract for a few years. And they just did the massive deal for Aaron two years ago. But it's going to happen. And and that's kind of the thing I still scratch my head. Like Aaron Rodgers will finish his career elsewhere. Really? You're, you're sure? I mean, I just, I do think there is the possibility that he outperformed, he performed so well that they, I mean, the, the, here's what makes sense to me about the Jordan Love pick. Their best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers plays great the next couple of years and somebody comes in and offers them a first round, a higher first round pick for Jordan Love. And they, they play this game all over again. And they're like, look, we like Jordan Love, but we already have Aaron Rodgers. Let's move on from him and get more picks kind of in return. He, Love's value. There's only going to be two preseason games. And who knows how many there'll be. We're never going to see him unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt and plays great, you're never going to see him. And the thought is Jordan Love's talent will be refined. I think his value will only go up, not even stay, stay the same. I mean, think about what you just said, though, Doug. I mean, come in and offer him a better first-round pick when he hadn't even played. I mean, it's not like they took him in the third or the fourth and they right. can flip him for a second. That's, that's putting a lot of weight into someone really liking him more than the Packers did right now. I, I just don't see it. And, again, the, the scenario could be where the other way around, where Aaron gets hurt a few games that Jordan Love doesn't look good and they hold on to Aaron Rodgers, but they then they just wasted a fully guaranteed contract. So I, I don't see how that either one of those happens. Uh, Andrew Brand joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, we're, we're starting to see more guys kind of try and dig in and say, hey, if you don't give me a new deal, I'm not playing. And, um, you know, Chris Jones is now doing it with Kansas City. We've seen a couple. We've, we've heard of a couple others. Like of all years, this feels like one where the players have no leverage and yeah. teams feel even tighter because they don't know what the salary cap's going to look like next year. With all the uncertainty of this season, 
Um, what are your thoughts on players like a Chris Jones saying, hey, I know I'm under contract or I won't sign my franchise, I won't sign a franchise tender and I'll, I'll sit this one out. Why does it feel like there's more of those than there used to be? Well, let's start with the macro before we get to the micro player contracts. The macro is there's a ton of uncertainty. And now it's not just a few uh, the sky is falling type people, which maybe it was two months ago. Now it's real. You know, they just cut the preseason in half. Hall of Fame game's gone. Um, supplemental draft's gone. They're going to nibble around the edges as much as they can. You know, maybe they'll cut the whole preseason. Who cares, really? To protect the product of weeks one through 16. But, you know, I, for the first time, Doug, I have concerns. Because I just think they've been saying, you know, they have the luxury of time. They see these four leagues starting, two in Florida, two in Can- one in Canada, and baseball everywhere. And I'm confident they'll all kick off in a few weeks, all these leagues. I am not confident they'll all finish. I'm not. And let's just say one of these leagues decides in August, yeah, we, this isn't working. We can't do this. We're pulling the plug. Now, do the NFL really want to start in that environment when one of these leagues has said, we just can't do this right now? We can't thread the needle with what we need protocol-wise and health-wise. We just can't. And now take it to my expertise on the business side. No one's doing deals. I mean, no one. McCaffrey got a deal, and that's it. Mahomes isn't getting a deal. Prescott isn't getting a deal. Deshaun Watson isn't getting a deal. Teams don't know what the 2021 cap is. Now they probably don't know what the 2020 cap is. Everybody's on hold. And now when players talk about empowerment, I'm not going to do this or not, I'm like, dude, you may not have a season. So this, yeah, that's not happening. I mean, he can talk about he's making 16-1 on his tag. That's a million a game. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff. Andrew, great stuff, yeah. man. Uh, awesome to catch up with you. Love the fact that uh, it's not necessarily outside the box. It's actually more inside the boardroom of what it really, really like uh, in professional sports. Appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, always enjoy it, Doug. Take care. The pleasure is all mine. Andrew Brandt, former Packers executive, writes for the MMQB.com. Big change coming to the NFL. I'll share it with you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Press. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, the big news of the day, the NFL will reduce the preseason from four games down to two, so weeks two and three will stay the same with a few minor adjustments, but the league basically eliminating weeks one and four that were previously scheduled this offseason. I mean, like, this is one of those, it was coming anyway, it just feels like coronavirus has sped this thing up, right? Yes. Absolutely. It's also an opportunity because the league is looking at home and away games where teams can try to figure out uh, what obstacles if they right. have fans at the stands. Uh, so you need kind of, like a practice game. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes, they, they they do. They probably need it more so than than anybody. Uh, the Packers had first round pick quarterback Jordan Love to a four year fully guaranteed contract worth twelve point three million dollars. Gets a six point five million dollars signing bonus as part of the deal. I know you were talking some Packers with Andrew Brandt, but those were the numbers on Jordan Love. Yeah. And- 
and and the reason that this makes sense is like, look, you know, you're you're generally slotted, and there's top of the market and bottom of the market in that slot, and they pay top of the market because he's a quarterback. Quarterback that even though you're slotted, you can pay a little bit more. Morgan Scally is going to return as the defensive coordinator at the University of Utah, but as part of his return, Scally must take part in diversity and inclusion classes after admitting to using a racial slur in a text in 2013. There's more, Doug. He'll have his $1.1 million salary cut in half in 2020. He had just agreed to a new contract with the school in December. And also something that wasn't known, there was a verbal agreement between him and A.D. Mark Harlan that had Scaly as being the head coach in waiting following Kyle Whittingham's tenure in Utah. That title has now been stripped. I mean, he, he lost a lot. Um, I, I know the, the context of it uh, gets lost in it. I, I don't know. Like, he, very, very fortunate to keep his job. Very fortunate. Here's our big news from the NHL. TSN, while saying it's not official, that the NHL, though, will likely make Toronto and Edmonton as their hub cities to resume their season. The recent spike in coronavirus cases in the state of Nevada reportedly forced the NHL from having Las Vegas serve as a hub city. This could all change. There's no formal agreement, but a deal could be struck between the league and the players' union by this weekend where you would have play then resume in Toronto and Edmonton. Mm. Hmm. I just Vegas losing it. That that is a very very interesting one. Super interesting one. I'm I'm su- I'm surprised I'm surprised by it. Just those numbers. Uh, Wizards guard Bradley Bill says he hasn't decided if he'll return and play the season in Orlando uh, at the end of the month. Pacers guard Victor Oladipo also undecided, but Doc Rivers says he expects to have Lou Williams in a Clippers uniform in Orlando. Yeah, I I I don't get the Brad Beal thing. There are no, there is no data that says professional athletes are at risk. None. Zero. You, you don't want to play for your sport, for your team, for your league. The one that's going to pay you $40 million a year. That's embarrassing to me. I would, I would be in Brad Beal's a good guy. Who's ever given him this advice is bad advice. Terrible advice. Get your ass on the plane and get down to Orlando. Iona head coach Rick Pitino suggested college basketball start their season in January when a vaccine for coronavirus could be made available. In the tweet, Pitino added schools could play only conference games next season as they try to get things under control. I think there's a chance that this happens. The problem is it destroys the same type of programs that he's coaching, the Ionas of the world. When you don't play guarantee games, I don't know if Iona plays any, but somebody's you play those guarantee games, you need that money not just for your program but for the other athletic programs. It's a big part of college athletics. Finally, Doug, multiple reports say the St. Louis Cardinals will replace the Yankees as the opponent for the White Sox in the Field of Dreams game scheduled for August 13th in Dyersville, Iowa. Part of that rescheduling. So they will have that game? Yes, that is the plan. Construction still continuing on the stadium. Well, that's because if you build it. (laughs) At least the players will come. There you go. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, look, look, it's it's really important. I'll be hosting the herd in the next couple of days. And I, again, I'm not people are like, well, you're you're Clay Travis. I'm not insensitive about the virus. It it spreads, you know, like measles. It spreads way more than the flu. And I understand that for people who are 60 plus. But like, look, if a coach is that old and the coach can sit up in the stands, let the players and especially the young student athletes experience it. It's Doug Gottlieb show. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.